Hey guys, welcome back to the Fancy Waiver Wire. Here are our running back rankings for week 16. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. The guy's an absolute beast. He's had 20 plus touches in eight straight games and 29 touches for 170 yards and a touchdown last week. It's going to be a real grinding game against Arizona, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to take off. All he needs to do is break that first line once and he's gone for 10 plus. So if he's able to do that and fall into the end zone once, maybe twice, Jonathan Taylor is a bona fide RB1, top five upside, top one upside really. He's an absolute animal. He's currently the only non-quarterback who's still in the MVP discussion. The guy has over 1,500 rushing yards. At number two, I've got Austin Eckler, who only played 34% of the snaps last week, which I don't love, but he's still got 82 yards and a touchdown. We have to assume that he's going to start playing his usual 70% again, because this week he's against Houston. So even if he only plays the minimum snaps again, he's still going to put up double-digit fantasy points. I'm expecting that workload to jump sky high again, 70, 75, 85%. Expect Austin Eckler to be putting up top five numbers again this week. Number three, Alvin Kamara. I've got Kamara here. It was a terrible scheme last week. Tampa Bay has a top five rush defense, so of course it didn't work out. And he only caught two of his six targets, which I'm expecting him to grab at four or five, maybe all six this week coming up. Expect him to go absolutely nuts in a get right game against Miami. David Montgomery here is going to start our next tier. I love his workload right now. He's played 70% or more in every game since returning from injury. He had 23 touches for 83 yards last week, and Seattle is giving a ton of points away to the running back position, so I'm expecting David Montgomery to do what David Montgomery can do. At five, Najee Harris, he played 100% of the snaps again this week, and especially for a rookie, that's insane. He had 14 touches last week and five targets, and this week it's against KC. KC plays a ton of zone scheme defense. If he's able to break that first line of defense, he's gone. Just like we were talking about with Jonathan Taylor, where zone defense means you're probably already by a linebacker, and it's going to be a safety or a cornerback that has to tackle you. Good luck. Najee Harris is a big boy. Another thing that I love about this matchup is that KC plans to go up early and stay up, which means that Najee Harris is going to have a ton of opportunity in the pass game, which we know he thrives in. Dalvin Cook is another guy we have in this tier for obvious reasons, his usage. The guy has had 57 touches over his past two weeks, and although the Rams have a tough defense, the chef is going to be cooking either way. James Conner did his thing in week 15, so why can't Dalvin Cook, who's a better back, do his thing in week 16? My last back in the second tier is James Robinson, who after being benched for two games by Urban Meyer, who's no longer in town, had 21 touches this most recent week for 88 yards and a score. It's nice to see him being used properly, and it's awesome that his offense has been rallying behind him. Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones are all about exploiting these matchups, and James Robinson is that guy. We need to fire him up because the team is all about James Robinson right now. This is really good to see. Leading off tier three is Cordell Patterson, who... Usually isn't a top 10 back in our rankings, but this week he's going to go nuts. Last week he was bottled up for 23 yards total against San Francisco, but Detroit is not the San Francisco Niners despite how well they looked against Arizona. I do not expect them to be this stingy, and I'm expecting Cordell Patterson to get things going. In a similar situation, I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who it just didn't work last week, similar to Cordell Patterson. He had 50 yards on 11 touches, and I'm expecting to score maybe two against Pittsburgh, Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to want to be getting this run game going going into the playoffs because everyone knows you need to be multi-schemed in order to advance in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is no dummy. I'm expecting a similar snapshot to last week, which was 71%. So if we can get the ball running on the ground a little bit, Clyde Edwards-Alaire should be a top 10 play. Javante Williams is another guy in this list who is only going to be seeing about 50 to 60% of the snaps if he's lucky, but he is so efficient. In the last four weeks alone, he's had 16 plus touches in every game. 80 plus yards in every game, and double digit fantasy points in every game. Do you think this is a coincidence? 
I'm expecting him to fall into the end zone again this week. Double-digit fantasy points for Javante Williams. At 11, same tier, I've got Ezekiel Elliott, who had 19 touches last week with a banged-up Tony Pollard. That worked out to be 72 yards and a touchdown. Washington boasts a tough run defense, which I know won't help the situation, but if Ezekiel Elliott is getting close to 20 touches every single week, he's due to find the end zone, and you know what's going to happen. At 12, I've got Nick Chubb, who's a bit of a faller this week um, for a couple reasons. One, Kareem Hunt's back. He was on the COVID list last week, and he's so much better than Dearness Johnson. Nick Chubb still almost averaged five yards per carry at 24 touches for 93 yards and a touchdown. He actually had another touchdown called back. So he had a very good game and that second score would be a huge help to his fantasy total. But with Kareem Hunt expected to return, I'm thinking that Yes, they're going to try and win, obviously, so that they can make the playoffs, but they want to make sure that they have two healthy backs for that stretch. At 13, a guy who went from top five to maybe top 15, it's Aaron Jones, and no fault of his own. I mean, he did get injured, and A.J. Dillon has just been very aggressive when touching the ball, but Aaron Jones still had 70 yards last week against Baltimore. I'm expecting a similar game plan again this week, where Aaron Jones is getting 60-65% of the touches, but I am expecting him to score. So do with that what you will. Leading off tier four is Antonio Gibson, who only had 12 touches last week for 41 yards. I'm expecting a lot of receiving work this week against Dallas, and McKissick's hands aren't that much better than Antonio Gibson, so I don't understand why he's getting all the work in the passing game. Our next back is Darrell Henderson, who sat out the last two weeks, but he was playing 75% of the snaps before the injury. It's going to be a bit of a timeshare with Sony, and Sony has been playing really well, but I'm not too worried about his workload because in the end, Talent trumps everything. A back that's a bit of a faller like Nick Chubb is Saquon Barkley who had 74 yards on 19 touches last week and he caught four of eight targets. I love the fact that he had eight targets. He probably had the best one yard catch in history. If you guys saw it, he palmed the end of the ball. It was just beautiful and had this catch been for a touchdown or even a first down, it would have been on every highlight reel. But because it was kind of insignificant, nobody seemed to care. Rounding off this tier here, I've got Josh Jacobs who only had 52 yards on 15 carries, but he did catch three balls to salvage his day for another 42 yards. They've got a tough Denver run defense, but it's all about playing time and Josh Jacobs has absolutely been dominating the backfield. Now leading off the tier five, I've got Melvin Gordon who will be playing with Drew Locke under center as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater. Not that Teddy's a big gunslinger, but Drew Locke especially isn't and they know that they need to play to their strengths if they want to maybe crack the playoff run here. So if this is the case, we want to be looking after Melvin Melvin Gordon. Last week he had 16 touches for 61 yards and you know what? I think we could be upping him and Javante's totals because they're going to be throwing the ball a lot less without Teddy Bridgewater. And here I've got the Detroit back. I'm hoping DeAndre Swift can come back because they're playing against Atlanta and he was absolutely insane before going down with injury and there's a huge opportunity for him both on the ground and through the air. Either way, it's going to be a bit of a timeshare because Reynolds has looked really, really good and Detroit is nowhere near a playoff squad. So why risk further injuring DeAndre Swift when he is going to be your franchise running back? If Swift sits out entirely, I'm not expecting Jamal Williams to play and I'd be expecting a big workload for Craig Reynolds who, why not? And here, rallying off our final tier is Miles Sanders at number 20, who had 27 touches in week 14 for 142 yards. This week could be absolutely anything because if it's not Miles Sanders, then it's Jordan Howard. And if it's not Jordan Howard, then you know it's Kenneth Gainwell. If it's not Kenneth Gainwell, then it's Boston Scott. It's been absolutely ugly this season, but if it is Miles Sanders, he gives them the best opportunity to win games and score first downs and score touchdowns. So if it's Miles Sanders, I've got him at 20, but honestly, it could be a three or four man backfield, which means he could be like number 38. Similar to the Sanders situation, is Elijah Mitchell's. Elijah Mitchell, when healthy, is an absolute beast. He's had 58 touches over his past two games, but we never know what kind of shape he's in. Is he concussed? How's his knee? Is Jeff Wilson going to be the guy this week? We really don't know, but we are hoping that he plays because if he's in the backfield, that means Debo doesn't have to be. 
Debo is going to be the first wide receiver in like 50 or 60 years to lead his team in rushing touchdowns. That shouldn't be the thing. Debo is incredible, but Debo's a wide receiver. Let him get open downfield like he was in the first half of the season because he's a game breaker over there too. So if we can have Elijah Mitchell running the rock and doing it well, even if he's splitting time with Jeff Wilson, that's going to open up this offense for Jimmy G. And 22 through 24 is where it gets dicey. So we're going to lead off with Ronald Jones, who's going to be the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks while Leonard Fournette is out. He came in about the halfway point last week and he had eight rushes for 63 yards and two catches. He was really the lone bright spot on offense. And now with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Leonard Fournette not playing this week, Tom Brady's going to be looking for somebody. That somebody is going to be Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Ronald Jones. I'm expecting a decent game out of Ronald Jones. However, Keyshawn Vaughn was still in the mix, and he was actually drafted by the Bruce Arians regime, which means, hmm, what do we do? At 23, I've got Michael Carter, who it was a bit of a struggle in his first game back. He only had 10 touches, and Tyler Johnson went off. Tyler Johnson had a career high in touches, and Michael Carter was back. It really makes no sense to me, but I think that we can fire him up as a decent RB2 against Jacksonville, because why not see what you've got with these rookies? The Jets have had a very underwhelming season, but they've had a couple bright spots. Those bright spots have been Zach Wilson, sometimes Elijah Moore, who's out, and Michael Carter. So let's fire up Michael Carter with decent flex expectations, you know, double digits maybe, and full PPR, maybe 15 points. I'd be very impressed with that. And let's see what we got. Let's make these Jets fans happy. At 24, our last back on this list is Samaje Pirine, who is going to be filling in for one to three weeks for Joe Mixon. He had a start earlier in this year when Joe Mixon, I think it was an ankle injury, and he had 15 touches for 83 yards, and he looked really good. I was getting really excited about him, and then boom, he was put on the COVID IR. There should be a lot of opportunity for Samaje while Mixon is out, and we need to roll with this momentum, especially if Cincinnati wants to keep chipping away and trying to win this division. That's it for this week, guys, though. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fantasy Waverwire. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at Fantasy Waverwire. Thank you, and have a great week 16.